What's up, y'all? Hope everybody is well. What's up, Brother Malika? Good to see you, man. Yeah. Sorry for dropping in a little later than usual. Um, had to get it in, man. Had to go uh, take my son. We had to go check out uh, Morbius. That came out today. For all you uh, sci-fi geeks, you know what it is. There's a lot going on right now. Checked out Morbius. Uh, let me see. Moon Knight started yesterday. Um, let's see, tonight I still got to watch Picard. I got to watch uh, Life of Ptolemy Gray. So there's a lot going on. Um, and if you got it, you might want to even check out HBO's Winning Time, uh, covering the rise of the Lakers. Really well done. They chose some actors for that piece set. Man, I mean, the young brother playing Magic Johnson is ridiculous, man. He 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 looks like him. He's got that that magic smile. I don't know how they pulled that mess off. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on, you know. Um, how was it? So I think you guys are talking about Morbius. Let's see this way. Um, there were probably six people in the theater. And I understood why. It wasn't, I didn't think it was horrible, but it wasn't Spider-Man, you know, the last Spider-Man flick. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like they kind of rushed it. You know, they just kind of threw it together. It probably needed more time. I think the story could have used some more massaging, you know. Special effects were cool. I mean, that was probably the best I'd ever seen Morbius, you know. But um, it's not something I'm about to go see two more times, you know what I mean? So, I mean, but that's just my opinion. You know, you know how it is. You know, sometimes you love something that everybody else hates or, you know, at least one or two others don't like. So, you know, check it out, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was just okay. Moon Knight is different for series. Like, you know, a movie, you got one shot to keep my attention, to make sure I come back, whatever. Series, they're trying to tell a story, you know, anywhere between six to 10 episodes, six to 12 episodes. I don't know how many episodes Moon Knight is going to have, but this is the first one. So it was okay. They have, they have a lot to introduce. So, you know, you're going through the introductory, this is who such and such is, this is who is, you know, this is what his life is. So, you know, I it, the first episode was cool. I don't have anything against it, but they still got, a, you know, they got a lot of introductory work to do. So I won't be able to really call it till a little later. Some of y'all are probably more astute. Um, so, you know, I'm interested in hearing in the comments your impressions if you had a chance to watch it. All right. So uh, Morbius is in theaters, Moon Knight on Disney Plus. Uh, Picard is on Paramount and Life of Ptolemy Gray is on Apple. So this mess is, you know, it's hard to keep up with, but I know my brothers have some underground ways of keeping up. So shout out to y'all that have found your own way. Um, it is what it is, but welcome to the Onyx Report, Black Masculinist News for the day. Uh, like, share, subscribe, join, and donate. Support the channel if you will. You guys see it on the screen. You got Patreon. You can be a monthly supporter there. You can be a monthly supporter here on YouTube. Uh, you got PayPal. You got Venmo. Support the show. Um, so anyway, let me see who else is in here. Okay. Got a few people. Michael, Carlos. What's up, Patrick? Hello. Um, not my regulars, but I know I'm coming in at an awkward time. But we're just going to get it in. I, I wanted to kind of briefly talk about, um, you know, empathy or the lack thereof. And with what's been in the news lately, as far as the whole uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock debacle, there's a lot to be said about empathy or the lack thereof for black men. 
there's a recent report that came out, a recent article, or a couple of, well, there's been a number of them, but there's a couple of key articles dealing with Chris Rock's background, uh, recent, uh, you know, discoveries as far as disabilities. It's been all kinds of interesting kind of statements that in many ways um, kind of frames the lack of empathy for many Black men. Um, and I wanted to kind of deal with an element of that from a couple of different directions. Now, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably uh, pull up the Chris Rock piece because um, there were some revelations in there, I think, about, you know, what he's going through or, or been through. And, and y'all have seen it. I mean, at this point, if you're on social media, you've seen a lot of this stuff already um, about all the things that's going on, you know, at a particular point in time, um, you know. A lot of this has come out. Well, let me see. I'll just, I didn't plan to pull this up, but why not? So let me enlarge it a bit. I can. There we go. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll go over a little bit of this just to kind of get it started. So let me see here. Where'd it go? There we go. All right. So if you haven't seen this piece, hollywoodreporter.com, this is the best part I've ever had. Chris Rock talks. Fargo aging. This came out a while ago, but I think this is important. You know, there's some stuff in here that uh, gives us some some understanding of his background. And again, I know a lot of you have seen this. You've seen a lot of this over the last few whatever. Um, but Chris was bused to a school in another neighborhood where he was the only black student in his grade, regularly greeted with signs reading, you know, N-word, go home. When classmates would pummel his scrawny body or lob balloons full of piss at his head, he knew better than to run home crying. His parents were from the suck it up school. No matter what I was going through, it paled in comparison to what my mom or dad went through. So there was, wasn't a lot of dealing with it. Rock dropped out of high school and in time found an outlet in comedy. It was the first thing I was ever good at, he says. By 19 or so, he was making the rounds in the New York clubs where he'd catch the eye of his hero turned mentor, Eddie Murphy. Rock parlayed a bit part in Murphy's Beverly Hills Cop 2 into other work, eventually following in Murphy's footsteps to Saturday Night Live, where he was the only black guy in the cast. And he says at 55, he's in therapy. On his late winter, on this late winter afternoon, as platters of sushi are delivered to our table, easily the best in the restaurant, Rock won't say what exactly got him there, just that he's dealing with his past in a non-comedic way for the first time, and that reliving parts of his childhood has been traumatic. I'm not belittling today's youth, but I wish somebody had sent me a bad text when I was a kid. These MFers are trying to kill me, right? So he's talking about, you know, his upbringing. A lot of this stuff is coming back up. That was from an older piece that came out a while ago. There's been a recent report that, uh, you know, he did his first show since the so-called slap and uh, didn't talk about it much, which some fans were upset about. You know, he says he's still processing it. You know, there's a lot going on. Of course, the, the more recent one that I probably I don't think I have in front of me where he discovered he had a I think it was a reading, just a learning disorder of some sort. So there's a lot going on. Right. There's a lot going on. But I, I only bring it up because it speaks to what I think is something we need to reflect upon. And that is a lack of empathy. And what got me started wasn't actually the slap. What's up, Christopher? Cozy Corner. What's going on? Right. Um, wasn't actually the slap. It was actually this. This is a piece on Atlantic Black Star that uh, is dealing with uh, the actress's uh, Zendaya, her father, Kazembe Ajamu, right? In the article, as you can see, is entitled Zendaya's father says Black fathers are shunned for having successful daughters 
names Matthew Knowles and Richard Williams as examples. So this came out on the 15th and I was going to deal with it earlier. And then all this other stuff happened. But to me, the thing I was most drawn to is still prevalent. We have difficulty having empathy in many ways for black men. And that can include from, you know, in terms that can, can include other black men. But we have not really, as a society, seen black men as human in many respects. We've been entertaining. We've been um, shocking. We've been terrifying. We've been all kinds of things. We've been scapegoats, depending on who you're talking to and what they're trying to push off. But not really uh, a, a, a place for empathy. And this is something that my colleague, Dr. Tommy J. Curry, talks about in terms of you know the dehumanization of black men. And that's more my wording. His wording is a little different, but he still deals with it. And one of the things he, he kind of lays out there is the legacy of perspective on black men has been tied to animalism, primitivism, so on and so forth. Um, none of that lends itself, even centuries later, to empathy. Right? But let's see what this article is talking about. Zendaya's father, Kazembe Ajamu, claims several black fathers with successful daughters, such as himself, are shunned by Hollywood. The musician shares a screenshot of an E! News article on Monday, March 14th. The message from the Euphoria actress and co-producer read, I have standards. I don't plan on lowering for anybody, including myself. You can see him there with his daughter, right? Over the photo, Ajamu added, ladies, you not heard yo pops. They're going to have to understand you was and behind this amazing soul. They like the idea, but don't want to put in that pain, a.k.a. work. In the caption, Ajamu named himself and other black fathers with successful daughters, including Matthew Knowles, father of Grammy-winning daughters, Beyonce and Solange. Uh, he also mentioned the film King Richard, which tells the story of Venus and Serena Williams through their father, Richard Williams. Ajamu said black fathers are too often shunned for having successful daughters in Hollywood, Matthew Knowles, King Richard, and Kazimbe Ajamu. Fans in the comments section had mixed reviews. You're a part of something legendary. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have your, we wouldn't have your daughter. She wouldn't be my biggest inspiration, especially with both of us being the same age. So thank you so much for that. Now, this 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 article is dealing explicitly with fathers and daughters. Why they limited it that it, it that at that I don't know. Because how many athletes can talk about fathers being the the you know the impetus b- behind their drive, their discipline, um, their direction? You know, coming up through. K through 12, transitioning into whatever sport they're playing at the college level or going straight to the pros. How many of them have talked about their fathers being the driving force behind that, right? Um, There's a lot about the father's role in this dynamic that doesn't get acknowledged. It's not limited to daughters, you know, or successful daughters, fathers, so on and so forth. But they name a few of those examples and we can see it, you know, um, so it continues, um, not just Hollywood in America, Joe Jackson, LeVar Ball, Friedrich uh, Irving, Diddy, Will Smith. Since Beyonce and Solange's father was thrown into the mix, fans began reminding others exactly how he destroyed his family. Knowles cheated on his famous daughter's mother, Tina Lawson, during their 29-year marriage and welcomed two children with other women. The former couple divorced in 2011, right? And that's an interesting observation unto itself. And this is something I think many of us notice. The moment we see any acknowledgement of black men, we find that there's a, a stalwart population of people that are waiting to tear the image down. I think I told you guys uh, before, if you've been a longtime listener, when I started the blog, 
um, that I have before long. It was this was long before I started the YouTube channel, uh, and the blog is still up. Um, you know, uh, newblackmasculinities.wordpress.com. When I first started it, it was something I tied to my class, my Black Male Studies class, and what I would have my students do every semester is they had to go find a black male over forty to interview. They had to take his picture, they had to interview him about his life, and they had to put the transcription of that interview on the blog. This was the, the final assignment of the semester. They had to post it. I can't tell you how many people would write me letters, ex-girlfriends, ex-wives, mostly, talking about how that man does not deserve an article. He ain't this. He ain't that. Just tearing him down. Everything in the article that was that described his life and the, and the things he built up, the things he did, they would often dismiss usually with no kind of evidence, but it was just a compulsion among certain people that no black man should be celebrated. So even when you have the acknowledgement of Beyonce and Solange's father, it's not surprising that you have a population that can't wait to tear it down and point out all the ills of what he may have done or what he may have been accused of with no evidence. And this post in this Me Too era, we know it doesn't take evidence to really slander men, particularly black men. It doesn't take much at all. To slander us. It's accepted game to tear down the black male image simply because they can't handle seeing a black male be celebrated. It's not acceptable, right? And I mean, we can, and again, if it's not an active tearing down, it's an obliviousness. It's an invisibility. When's the last time y'all saw Tiger Woods' father acknowledged in any kind of major way? You know what I'm saying? You have a legacy of these black men, whether they did it well, whether they traumatized people, whether, you know, I'm not saying everybody's an angel. That was never any, that's not even part of this. No group is all angels. But at the end of the day, for this many black men to have an impact on their children, and we, we're talking about celebrities, but it's hardly limited to that. You got brothers that have just, you know, pushed their children into college, pushed their children to do well even doing, you know, whatever kind of endeavor they were interested in only to get no acknowledgement whatsoever. None. And when there is some acknowledgement, they either have to be torn down or they need to be swept under the rug before there's any acknowledgement anyway. You know, and it's a, it's a persistent thing that I tend to notice. Persistent. Um, let me see. Christopher, yes, this was at Fresno State. When I, if you were talking about my blog, yeah. And I think if I'm not mistaken, if you go down to the earliest parts of the blog, you can still, I think I left up some of the interviews um, and they would do them, you know, every year, you know, I'll put the link in the live chat for those that are interested. That is also the same blog where you can find the blackmail political agenda. But yeah, you know, there's a dismissal altogether. Um, Let me see. It says, who is shunning you? All I see is praise. Fathers, please stay off social media because y'all y'all are doing too much. Matthew was shunned for cheating on his successful daughter's mother. You want to be compared to him. Okay. So even over this last, you know, Will Smith debacle with, uh, you know, his wife, Jada. How many people um, really on a public level, especially uh, those who've had influence, really left the emphasis of her, her behavior, Jada's behavior on her? You know, in the conversations that I saw, and of course, I'm talking before the slap, was that, you know, the reason she wasn't happy was Will's fault. The reason she wasn't happy, it was something he needed to do better. He wasn't 
he wasn't living up to what he should have been. This kind of mess, right? But nowhere near the amount of emphasis or criticism of Jada that we would have saw for Will, right? In other words, if 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 Will would have slept with his daughter's friend, y'all tell me, did Jada get that energy? Did she get the energy Will would have got had he slept with his daughter's friend? Right? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We're, we're overly comfortable criticizing black men. Fathers especially. There is such an intense anger and rage at fathers, even when they're present. And strangely enough, when they handle business. You know, there's a lot of people that seem to have a hatred. Even this past weekend on my Instagram, I had a few feminists that I had to bump from there because they couldn't wait to come up on my post and start talking mess about black men, black fathers not being present, X, Y, and Z. I pose the question, you know, because they've been using this age old language about black men just failing the family. And so I was like, well, how many of y'all drove men out? Silence. Because the comfortable narrative isn't that men can be driven out. It isn't that women can use institutions that men have no standing in against the father because of her anger, because of her frustration, because of her perceived failed expectations on his part. That's not part of the discussion. It's just failure as if black men are born with it as opposed to their black men actually responding to something antagonistic that is somewhat systemic because again, it's tied to institutional power. Family court is an institution that black men don't have the same standing in, right? You start to talk about false accusations or being able to call the police upon threat of in intimate partner violence. That's an institution of practice tied to law enforcement that black men don't have the same, same standing as black women. These are just two inst institutions that have the impact to push many black men out. And there are others. Access to employment, access to higher education, all these kinds of things have a different attitude, a different posture with black men than they do with black women. And black men can become very tired when they have to fight against these institutions in their own bed. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. So anyway. This is not surprising in this article where, you know, uh, 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 Matthew Knowles is brought up. He has to immediately, immediately be shunned. Right. So it says yet others focus on positive side of things. Writings, uh, writing messages like you have a lot to be proud of. Raising a smart, kind, thoughtful, generous, talented and confident daughter in this day and age. Love you and your family. Great. Um, right. First half was dedicated. OK, so that's that's transitioning into Matthew Knowles's thing. But I want to transition to a different type of lack of empathy, right? So that one deals with fathers. This one is something different. This you can find um, dated March 20th. This is on the lawandcrime.com website. It's entitled, Missing Florida Man Was Murdered by the Mother of His Child and Her New Boyfriend. What's up, Afro Nerd? Good to see you in here. Ammunition of black male achievement plus infantilization of black women makes for an awful elixir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But strangely enough, an elixir that we're told doesn't exist, yet black men are well familiar with the taste and the poisonous impact of it. Um, now, um, let me see. I'm trying to see. I thought I saw somebody in here I missed. Um, 155 again like share subscribe join donate y'all support the channel please make sure we keep it going but this particular article speaks to a different type of obliviousness a different type of invisibility for black men one 
I don't know how many people saw this story. I didn't see it break break too much ground. And I'll be the first to admit that the Oscars took up a lot of the air in the room. But I honestly don't think this was going to get around much anyway. But let's get into it. Search for a missing man ended with two arrests. Melvin Ray Wilcox, 39, turned up dead in the trunk of his car, according to deputies in Orange County, Florida. Now, LaShawn Triplett, the 43, who is the mother of his child, and John Wesley, 42, his friend, are charged with first-degree murder with a firearm. Both are locked up at the Orange County Jail as of Sunday. Deputies originally announced Friday that Wilcox was missing, last seen in the local community of Pine Hills. A right. couple of pictures there. Right. Wilcox ran into both Triplett and Wesley together at the Central Florida Fair on March 13th, according to deputies in a YKMG. The men got into an argument because Wesley never told Wilcox about beginning to date Triplett about a year before. Oh, um, according to authorities, 10 hours of surveillance video showed Wilcox entering Wesley's home at about 2 a.m. on Tuesday, but never leaving. Several people tried to move his Honda Civic and had to start it with jumper cables, officials said. It was allegedly later back up to the door of the home. All the lights in the residence were turned off and a man drove the vehicle away. Officials did not say who the driver was, but said Wesley was seen an hour later walking back home, putting two large trash bags into his own vehicle, driving away and then returning in 15 minutes. Investigators suggest Wilcox was likely shot at the home and his body was moved away in the vehicle. Authorities reportedly said they found bullet holes, remnants of blood, and a 9mm shell casing when they executed a search warrant at the residence. Wilcox was found Friday. He had been shot in the head and twice in the area of his shoulder and neck. Officials said his mother had been uh, the one to report his car stolen. She knew about the dispute between her son and Wesley. According to deputies, she uh, said Wilcox told her he was going to see a different friend on the morning of March 15th, but that friend said that that evening... Wilcox never arrived. She reached Wesley, who allegedly said Wilcox arrived at his home, got into another fight, but left in his car. Wesley uh, allegedly said that he had no jumpstart Wilcox's, uh, he had to jumpstart Wilcox's uh, Civic because it had a dead battery. Records do not show attorneys for uh, either Wesley or Triplett. Yeah. Now, I ran across a couple more of these stories, you know, about... Um, men killed by their exes and their new boyfriends. That is definitely, um, you know, part of the dynamic. Yeah. This is what we're looking at. Yeah. So Wesley is at the bottom right. right. This is ridiculous. This is the kind of shit that's happening. And I see no reporting on it. That's what gets me. None. Wow. wow. This is ridiculous. But I got one more for you. Because I think it also speaks to the difference in the differences in sentencing. Sentencing. I told you guys years ago, Sonya Star reported that women are sentenced 30 or 63% less for the same crimes as men. Um, this, you know, speaks to the difference in how we even perceive addressing female crime. But as you can see, this is fox32chicago.com. 
on parole for stabbing boyfriend to death, Chicago woman charged with stabbing new lover after breakup. How many of you, by a put ones in the chat, how many of you have seen uh, either this story or the last one? Put a one if you've seen it. Put a zero if you haven't seen any. The last of this article and the last one I just talked about. Y'all tell me how prevalent have these been? A couple of you have seen it. A lot more zeros. Yeah. Yeah. But see, these cats are the everyday cats that I'm talking about. They are us. They are not the Will Smiths and the Chris Rocks at the Oscar. These are everyday cats who are dealing with situations that are underreported, even when they're reported. What's up, Micah? What's going on, man? This is what I mean. So it reads, um, let me pull this up. Less than two years after being uh, paroled in the fatal stabbing of her then boyfriend, a 55-year-old woman, has been accused of stabbing another man in the neck after they broke up earlier this month. Veronica Wilson from the South Austin neighborhood uh, was arrested Friday and charged with felony counts of attempted murder and domestic battery in in the March 5th attack in West Garfield uh, Park. Uh, During Wilson's initial court hearing Sunday, Cook County Prosecutor Tom Layhood explained that she and the 43-year-old victim ended their intimate relationship last month but continued dating until shortly before the stabbing. Layhood said after breaking up, the two walked to a park and hung out for a few hours as they stood in the alley on the 4700 block of West Erie near Smith Park. Wilson allegedly asked her ex-boyfriend to walk her to the corner and he declined. During a brief altercation, Wilson lunged at Smith and stabbed him above his collarbone, Layhood said. As people gathered to help, the man's brother rushed to his side and put a towel around his neck. The victim was taken to Mount Sinai Hospital and was later transferred to Northwestern Memorial, where he underwent the first of two planned surgeries. In addition to the stab wound to his neck, his lost, he lost feeling in his left arm. After Wilson was taken into custody at her home, Layhood said her ex-boyfriend and his brother identified her as the assailant from the booking photo from her booking photo. Circumstances of the stabbing are strikingly similar to the November 2014 slaying of her then-boyfriend, 46-year-old Andre Brown. When Brown accused Wilson of cheating during an argument, she left their shared Southside apartment and he followed behind. As Brown tried to coax her into returning home, Wilson walked with him for a few blocks before stabbing him three times in the 3000 block of East Cheltenham Place. Wilson then headed home, but later returned to the scene of the stabbing and rifled through Brown's pockets without rendering aid. She was found guilty of second-degree murder, sentenced to 12 years in prison, and ultimately paroled in August 2020. She also has multiple drug convictions. Uh, Wilson's uh, public defender, Samantha Petiti, said Wilson lives with her daughter and takes care of her four grandchildren. If y'all ain't, if word, she lives with her daughter, takes care of her four grandchildren. She's stabbing motherfuckers. Hmm. Atiti noted that Wilson is unemployed and has no money to post bond, urging Judge Mary Marubio to reject Layhood's request to deny bail. But Marubio noted that Wilson was on parole when she allegedly carried out the unprovoked attack earlier this month, indicating there was no conditions that could keep her in compliance with the terms of her release. 
Marubio, Marubio ordered Wilson held without bail. Her next court date was set for March 28th. So as that was a couple of days ago, I haven't seen any follow-up articles. So I don't know what the uh, state of the issue is. And of course, uh, you know, if that's something you guys uh, has have run across, especially those of you who live uh, in the area, you know, feel free to share in the comment section what happened. But really, all I'm trying to say is when we start to see black men talked about in media, whether celebrities or not, I notice an ongoing trend, and it has been around long before I was born, of just having a complete lack of empathy in the reporting, even in the, the consuming of these kinds of articles, in the, the consuming of these kinds of stories, there's a dismissal of sorts. And even in the sentencing of the people that accost black men. And, and, and really, these are random. I'm not at all suggesting these stories are connected, but they're random enough, except that I just detect a lack of empathy across the board. And I find it problematic because there's so much that we don't talk about as it is. And so even when we do, do get celebrities that get into issues, that lack of empathy still plays a role one way or another. And it's frustrating. Appreciate that, sick lid, for the donations. As most people don't know, MLK Jr. was stabbed and almost killed by a black woman. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And that wasn't something we talked about when uh, um, the, the paragraph on black history I used to get in K through 12, uh, where we talked about uh, basically the civil rights movement and really not even the civil rights movement. We just talked about the March on Washington speech. Strangely enough, that never came up. Real interesting. But, you know, that's essentially one of the problems that we need to address. And I think black men have to be the ones to spearhead it. Now, what do I mean by spearhead? In one vein, we have to demonstrate empathy. But in another, we have to challenge people that don't have it. Because at the end of the day, this stuff is more than just how people feel about a given individual. This shit seeps into jury boxes. It seeps into policy. It damn sure seeps into media. These stories are replete with these stories. I mean, over and over again, the same kind of narrative. Or black male death is just considered par for the course. It's the ground people walk on and don't think anything about. Unless it's fantastical and grotesque and it can be witnessed on video. Then there's, there's a strange kind of uh, morbid necro porn that jumps off where we just got to watch it over and over again to see how this man or how these black men die. What? Outside of those videotapes or video recordings, I should say? That's it. And if there is no video recording, there's virtually nothing talked about. That's the only reason the whole uh, Oscars thing was so big. If you just heard there was a slap, yeah, it would be interesting. Wouldn't have got anywhere near this much fan play. And people are reviewing it like, like they're detectives at a crime scene. I mean, but but that's what tends to happen when issues jump off with black men, whether it's a physical assault, a fight, or a murder. People love to see black male bodies enduring pain to laugh, joke, and dismissively talk about it. But we got to be the first ones to actually require some degree of empathy. And by empathy, I mean just being a fucking human being and requiring that black men be seen as such. We are more than entertainment and we are more than 
the objects that entertain through pain and death. And if you can't see that, how in the hell is anybody else going to? And you might ask, why bother? This has been going on for centuries, can't be changed, whatever. I might have agreed with you before I had a son. And I can't conceive of leaving this earth without trying to do something to make something a little better for him. And maybe even if I'm blessed with it, grandkids, mind you, I don't want to be blessed with them too soon. Y'all see my son, you let him know to wait. I'm not in a rush, but you get my point. We got to actually do what we can while we're here to make something better for those coming after us. And I'm just putting, I'm just placing a line in the sand and saying, okay, if you don't know what to start with, start with empathy. Can we do that? Can we challenge people to see black men as human, as fucking human beings, even when they make mistakes? Can that be done? And, and, and not just centered around celebrities, everyday people. Hell, the people we interact with on a daily basis. And what happens when brothers most particularly start to be empathetic toward one another? This is one of the things I notice. Other, not only just other racial groups, other demographics can be empath. They can they can provide empathy for one another. They can support one another. I don't know if I've. I think maybe I've seen glimpses of it, like looking at the Nation of Islam or. You know, I've seen glimpses of what it looks like for black men to be a resource to one another, to, to prioritize seeing each other through a lens of, you know, our human beingness. I've seen glimpses of it and it's been beautiful. I mean, I, hell, I've seen it in Orthodox Islam uh, as well as in the nation. You know, those are the and, and maybe there were other moments, but those are the two that pop into my head at the moment. And they were beautiful. I mean, I think there were instances even going back to high school where I shed a tear and didn't know why. But in hindsight, I could say that's probably it. But I'd like to see it beyond specific institutions. Can brothers provide empathy for one another and challenge those that come into our spaces to do the goddamn same? Matter of fact, run you out of here with your tail between your legs if you don't know how to be you know, how to provide any type of support on just a human level. And that should be so basic. But if you look at, you know, if you research the perceptions of black men, particularly in media and how that relates to uh, the everyday person and how they even talk about black men going back centuries, the inhumanity of it is staggering, absolutely staggering. So that's my challenge. Yeah, I guess so, Afro nerd. Maybe fraternal orders. Um, I was never a part of one, so that's not something I can say I saw a lot of. I just, you know, I may have witnessed them from the outside. You know, um, yeah, ghetto user, exactly. Uh, shout out to Cozy Corner and to Jesse. Who uh, appreciate that support? You know, but I'm not gonna hold y'all long. I just wanted to put that out there. Can we actually emphasize empathy? Can we be human to one another and thus create a space where we require that humanity from anybody else that comes in here? And if they don't come in with the right attitude, send them out. Because you know what? That's what 
There's no other group that I haven't seen do that. But I think black men need it most. I really do. I'm seeing a mobilization right now that in the black community is uniquely female. And it didn't take, you know, Woman's Herstory Month for me to see it. This has been going on for a while. There's an almost distinct type of nationalism that is highly gendered and raced in a very interesting way. I've never quite seen the family parsed apart this way. I've read about it. I've seen the impact of it over past generations, but I am witnessing now a unique type of uplift that is distinct for women in the black community and girls. Boys and men standing still. No institutions are offering a helping hand. Nobody's reaching out for partnership. So we got to do it for ourselves. And it's weird. I'm even seeing it with, with, you know, women with sons. They're moving upward. Sons are sleeping in the goddamn park. And no, I didn't make that up. So that being said, brothers, what are we going to do? Anyway, y'all have a good one. Appreciate the support. Wish you guys a good night. And as usual, I look forward to checking out in the chat what y'all have to say about it. All right. So that's it. See y'all soon. Peace.